Life and Motherhood Uncensored. Welcome back to Mama Rants with Elle. And Ori. Hi, Ori. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm doing great. It's Monday, but it was a good Monday. How are you today? That's good. That's good. It wasn't a bad Monday. Unfortunately, Allie can't be here with us today, but I'm very excited to have you on. You are the creator of the mom blog and introduce yourself for our listeners. Sure, of course. So um, I am a mom of three. I have three kids. So I have a teenager, 15, um, a little a boy that's 11 and Aww. a little baby that she is five months old. Oh. So I started the mom blog uh, four months ago. And in the mom blog, I not only vlog, of course, but I also mm-hmm. share parent tips, baby and kid hacks. And I also do relatable mom content. So I am <laughs> on Facebook, on TikTok and also on Instagram. And I also have one very hidden group on Instagram DM where I help other moms um, with their Instagram strategies and kind of help them out whenever they trying to figure out how to do something. (laughs) Yes. And you you even helped me out this week. I was having trouble with my audio controls and I appreciate that. That helped so much. Um, I love that group. And for anyone looking for your information, it's going to be included in the write up for this episode. So we always start out with mom wins or fails, sometimes both. And my mom win this week was basically my husband got nap trapped. So I got to use the zero turn lawnmower. And if anyone's ever not been on one of these before, which I hadn't, um, these are amazing. It's like a go kart for the grass. And I had so much fun. And now I'm thinking to myself, man, my husband cannot get away with saying, oh, I have to mow. I'm going to mow the lawn. Like, BS, that's super fun. (laughs) I mean, the weed eating and the blowing afterwards might not be fun, but that was my mom win for the week. I had a great time on it. That sounds super fun to me. Do you have like the red shells? Are you talking about like Mario Kart, go-kart? That's what I was picturing you. I was picturing you on a lawnmower, like Mario Kart, and just like going at it. It is red. It is red. <laughs> I'm totally going to upload a video of this. It was awesome. <laughs> but yes, oh my gosh. During uh, COVID, me and my friends would go on and video chat each other and do Mario Kart. So this, it did, brought me back. It's the closest thing I'll get to Mario Kart. <laughs> what was your mom winner fail this week? Uh, well, I can give you one of each. Um, All right. My win is for people who have over two kids, they understand being outnumbered. So for me, a win <laughs> definitely is going down from three kids to either two, one or zero. Yeah. And this week we went down to two kids for the week. Um, our oldest son, he is in a camp, in an overnight camp for a whole entire week. So to me, that's like a win because not only gives you back some time for yourself, Mm -hmm. but it also gives you more time for the other two. Mm -hmm. So you get to split your time a little bit better. Yeah. And that's a win for him too. That's going to be an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a mom win. Yeah, that is. I think that is a mom win. And again, it is especially during the summer. Yes. When you're a clown 24 (laughs) seven. Mm hmm. Um, a mom fail is I have not put my child to bed on time once this oh, whole week. Yeah. It just, we went out of town. You have a schedule. 
Uh, we have I mean, a loose schedule. An estimated, an estimated time. Okay, for bed. I have that. That's what I have. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it's just been very far away from that time this whole week <laughs> because we've been on vacation. So um, I kind of let him party too hard. <laughs> and you're an experienced mom, so uh, that makes me feel a little bit better. My um, mom fail this week is on Amazon Prime Day. I decided to get one of the toddler potties on sale just to try to start having him sit on it to get used to it. You know, I, I read and one of my mom groups that that would be good to do. Well, the total fail was that I put the batteries in the back and it has a flush button. So now my son will stand on his little toilet and just repeatedly hit the flush button. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, when will these batteries just die? <laughs> they won't. They won't. <laughs> when you want them to die, they won't. When you don't want they them won't. to die, they will. Mm-hmm. So as a mom, it's really easy to feel like you're the default parent or you're doing everything, but you really did do everything. You have that experience as a solo parent to multiple kids. And I was really excited to have you on to kind of share that because honestly, I'm I'm lucky enough to have a little village over here and Man, I, I don't know how I would do it. I mean, we would. You would always do that. But you are one strong mom. And I can't wait to hear about this. Um, so what kind of take us through what made you choose to be a single parent? Yeah, um, well, you know, I got married really, really young. Mm-hmm. I got married when I was 19 years old. So um, we had kids young because mm-hmm. he already had a son and I you know, um, I adopted his son. That's my oldest son. And, um, we were married for a long time together for about Mm -hmm. nine, 10 years, but people grow apart and they grow to be different adults. And that's the thing about getting married very young Mm -hmm. that you're changing so much in those, especially those early twenties, um, that you're a completely different person nine, 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, we were best friends, but we were not anymore that married couple. So we decided to just go apart. Um, and after that, um, he passed away. So I am, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, he passed away a few years after that. And that led to me even parenting even more solo. Um, you know, so that was also different, you know, to, I guess, to other solo parenting. So I've had them in different perspective. I've mm-hmm. done the whole divorce co-parenting and I've also done the completely solo parenting. So mm-hmm. yeah, that must've been hard to grieve. I mean, it's, I know that you guys aren't in the relationship anymore, but you're still losing your friend and you know, you're mm-hmm. and the father of my kids, yeah. your partner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It happens, you know, like, you know, that's the what life handed to us and it happens. So you just kind of have to not become a victim ever, you know, not let yourself, you know, you, you fall, you fall and you cry and you scream mm-hmm. if you need to. I remember we even went to the hidden woods and we threw eggs at like trees and stuff to get some anger out me and my kids, you know, but then you move on and you wake up and you just go to work, go to school and you just move on you know not from the person but you move on you have to move forward yeah you have to move forward you have to kind of put one foot in front of the other it never Mm -hmm. you know the loss never goes away but 
you get used to living with it. Unfortunately, grief is, you know, grief's a a tough thing. And people grieve differently. Yeah, people grieve differently. Well, especially young children. How old were your children at the time? Well, actually, your oldest. Seven and no, both of them because they both have the same dad. Yeah, they both have the same dad. I gave birth to my middle child and my youngest daughter. And, well, you know, my youngest daughter is from my second marriage, which we'll go to that another moment. But um, but my two sons, they're from the same dad. It's just I adopted the oldest and then I gave birth to the middle child. So how old were they when you guys lost their father? Seven and 11. Seven and 11. Yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. So how did you manage that? I mean, you, you're already being thrown in to, you know, solo parenting, but also trying to manage how to help your children grieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think first of all, for me, I had to take a moment before I told mm-hmm. them what happened um, so I did, they didn't know for a few days because I had to make yeah. sure that I put myself together. Mm-hmm. I have a background in psychology. So like, I understand that it will be um, traumatizing for my kids, depending on how I handle the situation as well in front of them. Yes. So I had to get myself together and kind of understand the story. I, not a, not a fake story, but kind of how I was going to portray the story to them. Well, yes, because they're so young that you don't know how, you know, trying to say not only their father died, but I'm sure they have a lot of questions. That's a lot to mitigate. Correct. So I did a lot of reading and, you know, called the right people to be around them and around us during that time. And we just kind of got through it, you know, and the kids are very resilient Mm -hmm. and they're stronger than we make them out to be. Yeah. Um, So, you know, with the good, you know, with the, help of family and friends, um, and also therapy, mm-hmm. you know, um, definitely with those things, then we were able to manage it and move forward. Yeah. Oh, such a great mom giving your kids those tools to, um, get through such a tragic event at a young age. Um, if not, you're good. They're going to deal with it later. You know, if you don't help your kids deal with their trauma stuff now, <laughs> they're going to be dealing with it in their 30s or 40s, whenever they actually desert to, I mean, decide to give in to therapy and to mm-hmm. learning um, about mental, you know, in- emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, they're going to have to some point. So might as well teach them as early as possible. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> especially in this day and age, you find You know, as a parent, whatever I don't deal with with myself right now, my child's going to have to deal with that. So I need to deal with me first before I can, you know, do anything good for them. And correct. How long did you co-parent before um, your kid's father passed? Three years. How was mitigating that? I mean, did you find it because you guys were friends? Did you find co-parenting a lot easier than everyone makes it out to be? Or did you find it still kind of difficult? (laughs) So um, (laughs) there's two sides to that story, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have stages of divorce, right? Even though, even though you decide it's the right thing, somebody got left, right? Somebody started Mm -hmm. the conversation. So you first go through those 
um, I think, stages of grief through divorce mm-hmm. as well. And um, so then once you get through that and, you know, all those fights and stuff of divorce goes away, then we were able to work it out very well. We actually didn't even... Um, really even set big rules other than us figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, because that would, and that was important to us because mm-hmm. we, again, my oldest son, he's adopted by me. Mm-hmm. So there's a different story that is not the subject today, but that was six years of courts and litigations yes. and blah, blah, blah. So we've already had gone through that and we mm-hmm. didn't want to go through that. So we had to, again, go through those stages very quickly and figure out our crap together because we didn't want to go through court to get anymore ever again. Any tips and tricks for that? Like what worked for you guys and what didn't? I think what worked for us was thinking about the kids more than anything else. Like, okay. Yeah. Anytime that we got into any petty argument, we literally would remind the other person, like, Think of the babies, like Mm -hmm. they're little kids and this has nothing to do with them. And I know it doesn't help everybody, but it did help us because we were very big on trying not to traumatize our kids Mm -hmm. um, just because we've had both gone through stuff in our childhood. So we wanted to make sure it didn't happen to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you keep clear what your goal is and if your goal is to the best interest of your child, then that will help. And another tip and trick is to remember also the good parts about the relationship the when there was good parts <laughs> and mm-hmm. the good part of the other person and focus on that really and forget about the other because you already left them. So you don't have to deal with their crap anymore. So just oh, focus. So true. It's, it's the truth. So now you get to just be their friend and focus about the good part and their bad part. You can just say, go with that with that somewhere else because that ain't mm-hmm. my problem no more. And <laughs> I, I think as... As long as you handle it with that mentality, you can just do the best for your kids and move on and just finish that conversation as quickly as possible. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. So when you ended up losing him, did you have your family or his family around you? Or, you know, what did you kind of do to get through that? I mean, for me, if if something happened to my husband, I would be worrying about where I was going to live and, you know, just our well-being and how to get through everything emotionally would even be a separate thing, but just kind of worrying about livelihood and childcare and stuff like that. How did you mitigate that? Yeah. You know, I think, and I I don't want to use the word Mm, what word can I use for this? I think in my situation, it was a little bit different than other situations because I already have separated myself from my mm-hmm. village a little bit um, for three years um, mm-hmm. because of my divorce. I kind of wanted to restart and I moved yeah. with my kids. So I was already used to doing it all on my own with mm-hmm. them and him seeing the kids a few times a year. Um, so what I actually had to do different after he passed away was actually move back to my family because at that point it felt like now I need my village. And it was more Mm -hmm. that emotional support more than the routine Mm -hmm. or the livelihood of the day. Cause thankfully I was blessed with a very good job uh, at that Mm -hmm. time. But for me, it was more that emotional support. I didn't have it at all. So I did a whole 180 and I moved right back home Mm -hmm. and, 
just, you know, I think that was the biggest thing I had to do, uh, making sure that my kids were around their family. Because at that point, I didn't want them, you know, I wanted them to be as busy as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with as much distraction and things to look forward to and, you know, something to keep them going. Mm -hmm. As a single parent, you know, you have to, like, understand who's your village. And when mm -hmm. I mean your village, I don't mean necessarily family, even blood. I mean, who your village? Who are mm -hmm. your real people? And thankfully, you know, I do have good family. But when I mean family, I also mean my friends that I've known for over 15 years. So when I say mm -hmm. family, I'm including them as well. So yes. you may think I may be talking of cousins and stuff, but... You know, I'm just talking of people that I know for a very long time as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think it's understanding who is really your village, who is really there to support the way you want to raise your kids and go around those people because that's the best emotional support you're going to get. If you go around the people that may care about you, but not support the way you want to raise your kids, and that's just going to make things even worse. And then that's just, I think you know, would have made it a lot worse for us to move forward. So I moved to the people around the people that I knew that it would make things better for me. Yeah. Did you end up staying around them or just for a short time? Yeah, I did. Cause I met uh, my husband who's yeah. not my husband. So I ended up not moving, <laughs> nice. not moving ever again. So yeah. it all worked out. Yes. It all ended up working out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As a single mom though, it's extremely hard because you know, even when I was away for those three years, it's hard to figure out who do you trust to take care of your kids when you want to um, mm -hmm. go out or you have a work event or you're working late. Who's going to pick up your kids? So mm -hmm. in that sense, you know, I think it's a very big struggle, whether you have a village around or not. Mm -hmm. It's there's just not enough hands almost ever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I. I'm lucky to be around family right now, but I wasn't before. And it was it was a question of, man, what if what if we did get pregnant and we were in a state all alone? And I remember all those questions of how in the world we can afford child care and how are we going to pick a child care and just get on and figure things out. And um, it's so hard. I've picked the wrong child care before and it, it helped me pick the right child care <laughs> so it comes with experience so what did you do to find the right child care like what do you what stood out to you you know i think to me community a mm -hmm. child care that had a sense of community that it wasn't just like a hey pay us and drop off type thing yeah um that you know, I, it felt like a transaction and with children, mm -hmm. I didn't want it to feel like a transaction anymore. Um, so I found something where I felt there was a sense of community. So um, for my kids, you know, what I found was this place called Martial Arts World. Mm -hmm. And um, it, although it's a martial arts place, they mm -hmm. have before and after school, but they also do summer camps and they take care of them on the days they're off, holidays, nice. on snow days oh, and wow. stuff like that. So parents can still go to work. And during that time, they do tons of activities mm -hmm. and field trips and blah, blah. But it is like a community, you know, they do uh, movie nights and, and things like come with the parents and let's all hang out at the park and have a mm -hmm. barbecue. Um, so it really felt 
like you knew who your kids were going to be around, not only the adults, but the other kids as well. And it felt like leaving your kids with family, like, okay, well, here you go. I'll be back when I'm back, you know? And of course you had to pay them, but you had to pay them, but it did feel like a better sense of community to find something like that. Yes. Oh, that sounds so nice. What do you think was the most difficult thing you faced being a solo mom? Finding time for myself. So as a parent Mm -hmm. with two parents in the house, it's difficult to find time for yourself. Imagine as a parent with no other parent in the house, even because you're the, you're it um, for anything, including how can I leave the house if I have nobody to care for my children? Martial arts world wasn't there for the weekends or the nights (laughs) if I wanted to go out. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think that was just the hardest part, finding time for myself. Although it's not something I look back with kind of like regret of any, if that makes sense. Only because when I look back, I go, thank goodness that we were that close, me and my kids. Because when that happened, yeah, you then needed it. we were able to get through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of, like you said, it all works out at the end. Things happen and unfortunately bad things happen. But I think they prepare you for what's coming as well. Yeah, I feel like it must be hard to juggle being a solo parent and working. I feel like I have trouble, you know, with that. And my husband and I work mostly separate schedules. We get one day off together a month. um, Mm -hmm. So that way our child care is lessened. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard enough with that. And I'm gone a 50 to 60 hours a week, depending on the week. So I, I can't imagine, do you feel like you had a lot of mom guilt or were you able to mitigate that? Oh, no, I had the total mom guilt. And I think, you know, um, I worked a lot. Mm-hmm. I worked a lot. Well, you were taking um, care I'm, of everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I worked 60 to 60 to 70 hours mm-hmm. a week and you know I almost stopped when I said it because I'm like oh I almost feel bad saying it but that is how much I was working and um and definitely felt the mom guilt for it but the thing is I was doing that and I knew that I was doing that um, for an angle yeah for an angle for them um to make sure that I provided them opportunities that I didn't have um and that was to me uh, my priority because I knew that they were being loved at home I knew that I was taking care of them well and I knew that when I wasn't there they were being taken care of so I kind of just had to mm, swallow my Mm -hmm. mom guilt because I was understanding that was more selfish of me Mm mm-hmm to me, again, mom guilt to me, right? Because it's what it means to you. At that moment, what it meant to me was I'm being a little bit selfish, want to stay with them. Mm-hmm. Because if I do that, then I'm taking away opportunities from them because I was the only parent. Yes. So when you're the only parent, you kind of have to sometimes swallow that and understand mm-hmm. that sometimes not being around them, it is the best thing for them if they are being taken care of mm-hmm. well. Now, what's interesting is, you know, now you're remarried, you have a new baby and you also have your children and you're a stay at home mom now. So you transition from career woman to stay at home mom. I'm curious what your older children think about it. I mean, is it something where they're like, 
oh, I love having you home. Or did they not really know it? Because they're at school all the time. You know what I mean? No, they see it. They know I'm here. <laughs> they know I'm here. <laughs> no, like um, what I mean by that is they know I'm here. Because although I'm very flexible with a lot of things, now that I'm here, you know, you notice more, right? Mm-hmm. That you didn't notice before. Um, but I think they love it. You know, yeah. I think they, they, they also, again, they saw why I had to work a, mm-hmm. a lot before. But then now they also appreciate the fact that oh, okay, so you did have to work a lot before to provide those opportunities, but now you're taking a step back and spending time with us for that time that you didn't before. And again, I'm blessed to be able to do that, but I think they're very smart and resilient Mm -hmm. boys. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, What do you think was the hardest transition going from being a working career mom to being a stay-at-home mom? And what do you think is the best thing, too? I feel like I'm only saying what's the most difficult, but, you know, what was the best thing, too? Oh, and I think a lot of people would agree with this uh, because I've seen so many reels about this. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's the only reason, because I'm like, I swear, like I I like like 50 of these a week because... Um, I think um, the most difficult thing is it goes in stages, right? Mm-hmm. So at, at first you're like, am I doing the right thing for my career? Am I going to be able to go back, right? Because if you're a mm-hmm. career person, you know, you're going through those mental debate with yourself of like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Are you not doing the right thing? And then if you're off for X amount of time, especially for people that's working corporate like I yes. was, am I going to be able to go back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I go back, then how do you explain that? Because does that make you look more weak? The fact that you took oh, time off gosh. to be with your kids. The fact I hate, I hate yeah. that that is even a thing in our country. It is, Why? It is. It's a hundred percent. But I hate so it. So freaking I unfair. absolutely hate it. Yeah, they're not. So I think to me, that was one of the hardest things going from a career mom to a stay at home mom, because I was truly the definition of a career mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, then the second thing after that was being a stay at home mom, then now you're it for everything, dishes and whatever, you know, and then I'm like, I have three degrees and two certifications and I'm cleaning butts. (laughs) (laughs) so so then it's realizing okay hold on then I started managing my house like a business right like mm-hmm. I'm the CEO of my own business and all right as, yeah and as soon as I like it's cognitive dissonance you know like again I have a psychology background so I was like I'm not gonna change the way that things are happening so I gotta change the way I think about it and I am the CEO god dang it and if I say I'm not doing dishes my oldest son is doing the dishes you know <laughs> Hey, and it gives them some responsibilities. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. And it's nothing wrong with that. It's it's thinking that just because you're a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean you have to do everything, right? So I think about it and I go, okay, hold on a second. I got two kids. I'm sorry. Repeat that. Please repeat that for the listeners. Just just because you're a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean you have to do everything. Yes. I... 
I feel like so many stay-at-home moms that I speak to, and obviously I don't have experience with it, but they feel like they have to do everything. And unfortunately, a lot of their partners think they need to do everything too. (laughs) So I just, sorry to stop you. I just really wanted that repeated because I think people really need to hear that. Oh my gosh, it's so true because again, you have to take care of your mental health, right? Mm -hmm. You are taking care of children. You are trying to keep a marriage going, right? You are also having friends. You're trying to figure out who you are now that you are not a career mom. Mm -hmm. And because also you don't want to be the person who wipes butts all day, right? So (laughs) I say like I do mind it, but I really don't. That's what I I say it just because that's what people say when they're talking about stay-at-home moms. But I honestly don't mind. Anytime I'm changing my daughter's diapers, I'm like mm-hmm. laughing and singing, you know, Mrs. Rachel songs. Yeah. Like, I don't uh, care. Miss Rachel. Wipe- We're a Miss Rachel household. I'll change diapers all day, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just there are certain things that I just don't like to do. So I had mm-hmm. to like remember I don't have to do everything. So I made a list of all the things I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, can I delegate some of these things? Again, manage your home like a business. Which of these things can I delegate? I delegated those. Mm-hmm. The things that I couldn't delegate, I was like, okay, can I afford paying somebody else to do these other mm-hmm. things that I couldn't delegate and I didn't want to do? Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't afford it, the question should never be, oh, okay, well, I can't afford it. Then I guess I have, no, it's not a question really. The statement shouldn't be, I can't afford it. Let me go ahead and go do it. The question should be, how can I afford it? So then if you ask yourself that question, then it should be, okay. Do I need to cut off some streaming memberships or Mm -hmm. whatever it is for me to be able to afford whatever it is that I don't want to do any longer? What, you know, and that's what I did. So, um, you know, the little chores my kids get, they get Mm -hmm. like one short a day and I have, you know, um, helpers and things doing certain things, but I cut off also a lot of things. I do my own nails now, you know, I, I do certain things myself now so I can afford, you know, not doing the things I don't want to do. So I think as a stay at home mom is not becoming a martyr and not, if I say that word correctly, because yes. my English is nope. a martyr. You did. Not becoming, you know, not becoming a victim of your own house because you want to be happy when your kids and your husband get home. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's realizing that when they're not home, that is your environment right there. Especially when your husband is not home, that's your environment. So it's, Build that environment how you want it to be, you know, Um, because, again, I think we become like the victims of our own stories and we do that to ourselves. And it doesn't need to be that way, regardless what the financial situations are. Again, it doesn't need to be that way because you could also have your husband help. Mm-hmm. Right. Because research says that stay at home mom is the equals yep. two point five times of a full-time job yep so with that said you show your husband that research and (laughs) you know i've done it you know like you leave him alone with the kids for like a weekend or something you can leave him alone (laughs) just two hours you know Mm -hmm. and and they'll realize it like you know and i didn't do that on purpose just one time i went and i came back two hours later and he stayed Mm -hmm. with the baby for that amount of time and he was like oh my goodness this is a lot and he couldn't do anything. I'm like, I thought you were going to start dinner. He's like, I couldn't. 
the baby wouldn't let me. And I'm like, I know, you know, but, but he, he's always been very, very, very supportive. Yeah. I think for those husbands that are not supportive, mm-hmm. it's showing them, you know, but husbands in general, mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't think understand multitasking as a parent. There's, <laughs> there's so many things. So I get two days off and then my husband gets two days off after me. So it's four days that B-Man gets to be with us. And it's funny because he gets to experience it two days a week. And he sees it, but he gets so much less than I do done. And he'll, (laughs) oh, well, I, I just couldn't do anything. But then he comes home from work and he'll be like, oh, you didn't get this done. I thought you were Mm going to try to do this today. I said, "Mm, yeah, you remember last week when you were supposed to get that done and you did (laughs) it. They're so quick to forget. (laughs) You know, I think that just happens to the best of us, especially when you come back tired, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get petty because you were home all day. And I was at work, but they don't realize it. Like I've been working too, you know, um, but it is a hard job, you know, um, being a stay at home mom. But what I do love about it, um, that, you know, since you asked also, what is the, um, the thing I love the most about being a stay at home mom is that I am actually watching my child grow. You know, I didn't get to do that. I honestly was on that robotic mode with mm-hmm. my middle child the most you know because I think when he came in about I was on the grind even more mm-hmm. than when the oldest or this one well and then you went through everything too it was such a transition time correct it was just so much so what I'm saying now that I'm a stay-at-home mom is that I can actually watch her grow and remember her milestones and things um that you know Maybe I was working when my middle child did his first steps mm-hmm. or something, unfortunately, you know, so I don't get to remember. Yeah. So whenever I'm becoming the victim of my own story, like, oh, I have to do the dishes <laughs> again or blah, 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 blah. Then I remember, guess what? You got to watch your daughter smile when she woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. All about perspective. Instead of kissing your baby while they're sleeping. And then when you get home late at night. Cause you are running a target then you get home late at, cause that's what I was doing. I was running a target yeah. for five years. Oh wow! So then, yeah, then I came home and they're sleeping, right? Cause it's bedtime yeah. and a target, you worked holidays, nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. So, and your kids go to school during the day. That was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's not. So that's why I love the stay at home mom deal because I'm like, now I get to see her wake up and now I get to put her to sleep. So how is and all my other kids too, you know? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So random in here, how was dating having kids? I mean, I can't, I can't remember dating. I've been very lucky with my husband. Um, I've been with him for 17 years this month. Um, and I, I can't even remember dating. That's amazing. Congratulations. So. <laughs> you guys are Thank like you. couples goals for real. How about my second husband? Hey, we've we've had trouble. I mean, I you know, people want to say, oh, marriage is easy when you find the right one. And marriage itself 
is not easy. Loving someone Mm -hmm. can be very Mm -hmm. easy, but when you're constantly seeing each other grow through decades and become different people or different priorities, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to continually make that choice to choose each other and to keep with it. And And you both have to make that choice. Yes. No one person. No, both. Mm hmm. I'm not going to say it's not hard. I'm very lucky and I'm super thankful, but yeah, I can't imagine dating again because I think to myself, well, crap, everything's online now. I mean, what would I even do here? I I don't even know. I guess I join a beer league softball team and hope I met some single guy that wasn't an alcoholic. And for me, it was, not necessarily hard to date while I was I had kids. For me, it was more trying to figure out how was I going to go about it mm-hmm. in the sense of, I think for a lot of parents, the question is, um, do I introduce people to my kids or not introduce yes. people to my kids? Things like that. Like you said, with social media and with all the apps and stuff, it's actually pretty mm-hmm. easy to meet people nowadays <laughs> within like 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, you have a date, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like all that all that they want is sex. <laughs> I'm sure most of them maybe are, maybe, but this is the thing, right? It's also the apps that you use, true. the intention, Very true. right? And then also, you got to think about it. I am not a unicorn that you cannot find. And I'm on that app trying to find the right thing. So why cannot not somebody else be in that app too? You are a unicorn. I don't want to hear it. You're a fucking unicorn. <laughs> I mean, I, I am mean a unicorn. It, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But you know what I mean by that is if I'm on that app with good intentions, mm-hmm. there, there has to be somebody else in this app with good intentions. As long as I'm not in like an app to like cheat on your husband app or something like that, you know, I'm on like match.com or eHarmony, you know? Yes. So, so, um, so that, you know, I think to me was more figuring out what is going to be my vision of how I want to date mm-hmm. while I have kids and I answered that question was with you know I want my children to also know how to date Mm -hmm. in the future so that makes sense yeah that's an important thing yeah so I never lied to them they will be like mom where are you going if I would even know with grandma something I'm going on a date Mm -hmm. you know and you know go can we meet this guy not really I just met him but maybe in the future Mm -hmm. you know things like that so I just never really did the whole lying thing to the kids that doesn't work because kids are smart and actually they lose a lot of trust in you once they start figuring things out so it's just better not to even try it at least again in my perspective my opinion I respect those who do because everybody has the right to raise their children the way they Mm -hmm. best see it but to me it was letting them see it so um at some point, you know, they met a couple of guys and then they met my husband, mm-hmm. you know, and then my husband and I got married and, you know, and that was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But for, you know, it's hard. The hardest thing again is finding that time for yourself. I think yes. that was the hardest thing for me to date. It was figuring out how the heck am I going to find a time to even mm-hmm. go to the movies? Like, you know, <laughs> it's so true. Kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm not I'm not gonna bring them to the movies with this guy on you know, so yeah. 
till you get to that level. Unless again, you've been in that relationship for a while. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, it's like the kids cannot come. So I think that's, I think that's probably the biggest, hardest thing for a lot of people. As long as they have actually moved on from their past relationship mm-hmm. and their ex-husband or baby daddy or whatever they call the other person does not bugging their mm-hmm. new situation. The hardest thing is really just, who do I leave the kids with? You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So do you think you'll ever go back to a career or do you think you'll make a stay-at-home mom for as long as you can with your kids? So I, for a very long time, worked in community building. Mm-hmm. That's just what I did, community building, whether it was in digital media or in actual communities, um, whether it was a Target or where I worked at the bank or where I worked at other international companies. So with that said, that's what I'm doing with the mom blog. I'm building a community um, and through blog blogging, I am you know, hoping to build a business out of that. Um, So, you know, to open a .com and do some blogging through that and just keep on having fun with the mom blog. That is my actual, um, right now, my plan. Only because I understand how it works with not only social media, but just with the algorithm and Google and how things work with ads and things like that and how lucrative um, the right vision can be. And this is why I'm in your class. You know, I'm in your group because, you know, we're trying to get the podcast up and running and our little blog and you've been so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love learning. I love learning. And I'm one of those people. I'm like one of those people that I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And then I become obsessed and I learn everything and anything (laughs) there is to be about that because I feel like if I don't I'm gonna miss something so that's how I've been about my whole career for the last 12 years and I learned so much that now I get to put at play and I haven't been able to put it all at play because I'm so busy with the kids and stuff but it's just exciting because you could see where it could go Mm -hmm. and that's very exciting because there is a lot of lucrative money in podcasting Mm -hmm. in blogging in vlogging they're different right with the v with the bs and boy they're different um there is different um with social media, with um, ads, etc. There's just so much out there. If you focus on the right things and you don't get caught up in the wrong things with social media and with and the internet. kind of <laughs> where you help us out because we're fairly new too and trying to learn the ropes and go about things. And like, if there's moms out there like me that are doing another career on the side, you don't have the time to look up those things. So your group and your um, pages are so very helpful. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I try to make parents life easy. That's like Mm kind of like the mission that I always say I have it on my on my um, social media sites. But it's the truth, whether it's through like life hacks or parent Mm -hmm. hacks or baby hacks or kid hacks or Instagram tips or whatever (laughs) it is. Like I'm like, it's so hard being a parent. What do you need? I got it for you. You know, just let me know. Yes. And that's what everybody needs. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And then, oh, you need to laugh. I got some relatable mom content, too. Here you go. You want to make fun of your husband? Here's a whole guy with 10 reels making fun of my husband. Like what you need? Girl, I got you. Yeah, I got you. You want to learn how to cook? I can start recording me cooking. No problem. Well, I can't wait to learn more about the social media side of things. And even with podcasting, you know, I'm 
learning that as I go along. So I just want to thank you so much for being on our podcast. It has been wonderful to have you and especially for kind of giving us some insights on what you've gone through and the world of solo parenting. And man, you just you have a wealth of information to share. And I know we've only touched on some things. So hopefully we'll have you back at some point down the line and maybe get into some more nitty gritty stuff. But it was you heard her. You heard her. I'm coming back. You heard her. (laughs) It was great to have you. And, you know, thank you so much. And I just wish you well with this new endeavor. And I know you're going to kick ass because, you know, you are one tough mama and you're doing great. You are, too. You are, too. Thank you so much. And guys, if you like what you're listening to, please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Bye.